Let's start with your name, who you are, and what you do. Okay. My name is Chandra Tobias. I work for eTech Global Services. My title is uh, Vice President of Customer Experience, and in that role, I'm responsible for all of our in, all of our output, all of our analytics, our insights, and I'm also responsible for our program implementation team, which uh, basically stands up all of our new programs at eTech. All right, here's why I wanted to talk to you today, and thank you for this special edition of this podcast. I feel like you have a lot of information and. Many people in the customer experience industry don't even know what questions to ask to get the right answers. There's so many vendors and you because you came from within the, the customer care industry at the at the front lines yes. all the way to executive management and now a leader in the space. I'm hoping we can just cut through all the clutter and learn from you what the audience needs to know to pick the right tools or ask the right questions to get to the solutions they need. You got it. You got it. So, you know, just applying the iceberg effect, you know, that we're all, we're all very familiar with. When we look at the top of that iceberg, the thing that we really see as the iceberg, right, is customer experience. That's We've been talking about this for a couple of years now. We're hyper-focused on it now. Um, and what customer experience looks like at the tip of the iceberg is a positive CSAT, a successful conversion, right? A five-star survey. Those are all the things that we see at the top of the iceberg. And we think, oh, there's an iceberg, right? But what we don't understand is what is below that iceberg. And that's the thing. Those are the things that we really need to consider when we're talking about a holistic approach and where we are today in 2023. Can I jump in there? Absolutely. So when we think about this iceberg, I, I agree with you 100%. Iceberg, customer experience iceberg explained. Top of it, CSAT. But at the surface of the water, we're at this trade show today. At the surface, there are a hundred different companies Absolutely. with different um, offerings. And I I go around. I, I see all these different offerings. And some of them, they strike me as just one little part of this iceberg. That's it. And and. How do you? How do I know the difference? What? <clears throat> how can I, if I'm a listener, decipher between these things floating at the surface mm-hmm. and the things that make a difference? That's a great question. And you know, I really look at it from the aspect of effort. Okay, how much effort does it take for you to make all that information that's available from all these great folks who are here at this show, all these great softwares? How do you make that information actually usable? actionable. How do you use it, right? Because they can all provide a tremendous amount of information. And so you really want to look for a solution that is not only has has great data power and can give you all of the data and all the details, but what solution makes it usable? How much effort are you as a consumer going to have to put into interpretation, engineering, publication of that data, And then to top all of that off, you've actually still got to do the work of coaching. You've got to do the work of cultural change. And you've got to do the work of administrating and taking action on this data. Now, Chandra, to be fair, everyone in the booths I talked to today said (laughs) it was easy to install. There's no integration. Uh And that their solution provides the thing I need. Absolutely. Of course, you know, their solution does provide, I'm sure, one aspect of something you need. But there are many aspects of what you need. Say for today, you invest in a speech analytics platform, 
right? Great. That's going to get you some transcription. What are you going to do with all those millions of data points that you now have transcribed? How are you going to put that to use, right? Yeah. Well, then you're going to need possibly another piece of software who's going to bring that data to life for you and actually make that data actionable. Then there's a third part of that. How are you going to publish that data? How are you going to share that data with your consumers? So when you're looking at what software makes the most sense or what approach makes the most sense, having something that really takes everything from that transcribed word all the way out to actually being able to take action, that's the golden ticket. That's what you're looking for. So where do I start? Like if I'm if I'm a CXO and I want to do something, what should I be looking for? Because every time I talk to anyone at this show, they say, this. you should be looking at our thing. Mm -hmm. You have these important elements, administration, integration. What, what, where do I start? You start with understanding what is the problem that you want to solve. What is your problem? What are the typical problems? Typical problems. Attrition. Especially in 2023. I can't retain people. Well, are you having problems retaining people because you're not thoroughly training them and teaching them how to do the job? Are they not confident but, in but, what they're doing? But I'm a CXO in my business. I have a large customer base and I already have a solution in there. Somebody already in my organization has told me they've got attrition. Mm -hmm. So I guess what you're saying is if I'm the leader, some, some challenge has presented itself and I start there. Absolutely. What's the most common problems? The most common problems, actually, from a leadership perspective, is adoption. Is really getting 100%. the buy-in. Really getting the buy-in. What's buy the secret to adoption? Oh, Chandra, I'm so come glad on. you asked this question. I'm so glad you asked this question. The secret to adoption is education and transparency. Education and transparency. Make your agents be your advocates. Teach your agents. We are no longer going to be looking at one thing you did today. We're not going to look at one call you took today or one chat that you took today or one email that you took today. Now we're going to be looking at everything holistically. It's going to be a much more fair picture of your performance. And we're going to teach you how to be more effective. We're not going to put you on a check mark and our checkbox and say, yes, you did it right. No, you did it wrong. And we're going to talk about one interaction when you had 800 that month. We're going to talk about everything holistically. We're going to teach you how to be better. And we're going to teach you how to be better using the tactics that your peers are already using that we've proven are successful. Here's what I always been curious about. We certainly can monitor and measure, but comparing our measurements to operational insights, operational numbers, that seems in this part and partial fragmented skimming the water of the iceberg surface. I see a lot of pieces all have a quote unquote connector or something, but where does all this stuff actually get connected? And do I need to, is there a way to do it with a few small pieces or do we need a hundred? Absolutely. You need to invest in a platform that understands the synchronicity between not only quality data, but your call center data, your actual performance KPIs. And then evolving out of that understands things such as workforce management, capacity management, things of that nature. You want a software that does not just evaluate one facet of your world. 
you want something that is all-encompassing and has the intelligence and the ability to pull in all the various aspects of performance and give you that full picture in one view. But everybody says they do that. How do I know I'm getting the right one? Ask to see it. Ask to see it. Ask to see it using your own data. Any company who's going to offer you a full solution should be able to demonstrate that full solution to you. Don't be afraid to share some interactions with them. Understand what they can fully do. But absolutely, without doubt, look for a company that has call center expertise. All right. Don't look for just a software company. That's right. So many of these solutions are software companies exactly. who are trying to solve something for an opportunity in the market, and they didn't really build it from the, the agent perspective. They don't necessarily understand the problem. They don't necessarily understand the problem that you're trying to solve you it's know, so from true. a software perspective. Chandra, I want to, the whole world is on such short attention spans. I want, to just, I want to just quickly try to summarize your credibility because then I'm going to ask you the hard question. Okay. You've been in the industry how many years? A little over 25 years. Okay. Your first job in the industry is all of your... Has all of your industry experience been in one company? No, no, it has not. Okay, but no. you started out in, and where did you start in this industry? I started in this industry at Future Call Telemarketing West in Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, back in 1994. So we can do the math on how many years ago that was, and, right? And your role there? I started out as an agent. I moved into a management role. And interestingly enough, as we're talking about quality and about gauging performance and managing performance, after I moved into a management role, we were using a five-parameter scorecard to score financial engagements. <laughs> I mean, basically, it was the elementary of the elementary. So you started out <clears throat> as an agent. And the reason I ask you this is because I, I, I interview a lot of people, but I don't know very many um, CEOs or uh, engineers who actually spent time on the front lines in the call centers. Yep. And kudos to everyone. Everybody has a special value they bring. I don't see a lot of call center agents building multi-million dollar companies using software either. So, you know, there's there, everybody has, I'm not throwing shade on anyone, but no, I don't think you so. spent time in the call center. Yes. You then went into management. Yes. Then you, you went through this transition of the technology. So you saw it evolved from this five-point scorecard mm -hmm. to this very complex data, buzzword, buzzword era that we're in now. Right. So I think you have a unique perspective. And I just wanted the audience to know that you've had, this is all of your experience. Here's what I want you to do. Okay. <clears throat> I want you to role play with me. Okay. I'm a CXO. I know it's 2023 and just role play, I said. Just imagine I'm the CX who has an, uh, an unlimited budget. Okay. And I, I can start from scratch. What should I be, what are the steps I go through to get to the right solution for today's universe? Discovery. Let's uncover what you don't know. Because I guarantee you, no matter what kind of expert you are, no matter how long you've been in the business, no matter how long you've done this, there are things that you don't know. Invest in that discovery. And where do I, where, how, just, where do, I do that? Great question. You would want to start, obviously, large population, big data analysis of your interactions. Understand what is going on at a granular level, at a population level. Understand those trends. Understand what works, what's not working. Out of what works, what do we want to replicate? Out of what's not working, what do we need to cure? 
and you work from that point. So you start with the big data. Start with big data. So I, I have an unlimited budget. You have an unlimited budget. You can go out to anywhere. Where companies, how do you start to figure out which companies can help you with that big data thing? That's a great question as well. Really from my perspective, it's understanding my customer and knowing my customer's outcome, what my customer's goal is, right? Uh, overlaying that with the software capabilities. Um, and then also crossing that from a business owner perspective with what does it take that's going to be the least amount of effort for my engineers to stand up and get accurate results for this particular client out of. So it's kind of a two-pronged approach for me. How do you, how do you know what, what something's going to be easy for your engineers or not? Everybody says it's easy. Oh, that's a great question too. You know, it really comes down to the complexity of the platform and how well equipped the platform is with libraries. Um, a lot of these uh, speech analytics platforms comes with very robust libraries. My engineers lift is very easy because they're they're doing the customization work, right? They're, they're teaching it the name of the company. They're teaching it some of the more finer points that are related to products and things of that nature. And then some of your more bare bones platforms are literally building the libraries from scratch. Let me switch this question around. If you had, Tell me, tell me the five mistakes I'm going to make. If Let's pretend I'm the CXO. I have an unlimited budget. I'm just going to go out, do some discovery. I'm going to uh, start with big data. What are the first five mistakes I'm going to make? Oh, wow. Okay, the first thing you're going to do wrong is you're going to take a uh... You're going to take a transcript. You're going to look at a, You're going to look at one transcript. One. Now, now you've already invested in mining a huge volume of data, but you're going to take one transcript, okay? And you're going to read that transcript, and you're going to see some words in there that are mistranscribed, and you are going to want to throw out the baby with the bathwater because you think, "What have I invested here? Look at this. This is wrong." Right. Okay. And so, what what we need to do at that point is again back to education. I spoke about education earlier. We have to make sure that folks understand all of the eccentricities, all the ins and outs with using this large volume of data. Number one, you don't look at one interaction, okay? That's why you're investing in large volumes of data. Um, number two is taking action a little too quickly. I think that, that, that that's a mistake that a lot of folks make. We'll do one, one iteration of data and boy, they're off to the races. And, and you really want to evolve things. You know, you want to look at things um, really in depth and, and you want to iterate and you want to make sure, especially on change uh, factors, things that we really are wanting to change, let's make sure that we're headed in the right direction of those. And then follow up, um, that can be a failure point as well. Again, publish the data one time, we're off to the races, let's go. And then six months later, we wonder why our investment in data is not paying off for us because we never revisited it. We never followed up on it again. Last part, <clears throat> failing to educate. I know I've said educate several times during the course of our conversation, but I cannot, I cannot tell you how important it is to educate folks on how to use the information that they're receiving now. So, but I can send out a mass email that says, hey, I did this cool uh, CX thing mm -hmm. and here's an email. And I mean, how much education are we talking about? We're talking about investing some time in folks. I mean, and really helping them understand that we're not going to be replacing their jobs. We're going to be making their jobs easier. We're going to be making their jobs better. Is Make that true? Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. <clears throat> I hear all this thing about technology is going to get rid of call center jobs or people. Absolutely not. No. But it's been my personal experience. The more we get machines in here, it seems like the more people pop up and the more important people become to the success of you, you the got technology. It. It, it, a technology is just going to make the people smarter. 
right? It's not going to replace the people. It's going to empower the people to focus on those finer tasks that really relate to that human, right? All right. But those are good mistakes. I need, need to start. I need to to start with big data. I need to look. Take a. I need to take a thoughtful, deeper look at this first round when I do it, mm-hmm. and learn as much as I can. You're saying don't don't react. Don't react but yet. Respond That's right. to the situation with thoughtfulness and let this thing sort of percolate. And then I have to be strong about communicating this value. So Absolutely. that sounds to me from your your experience, those are three three areas where both the market says, oh, don't worry about that. It's going to be super easy. And I can't believe it. I need to be thoughtful and slow and methodical about this. All right. Absolutely. Over your, over your years of experience, in the last couple of years, I think, is it fair to say you've seen a few leaders implement solutions like this before? Absolutely, I have. What are the three most important things, three smartest things you've seen anyone do when implementing? Okay. Uh, the three smartest things I've ever seen anyone do in implementing is understand that it is powered by humans and understand that you absolutely have to have that human with domain expertise available to help guide the program. Okay. I thought I thought these systems were just plug and play. Like they come in, they connect a bunch of APIs, and then it's like I've heard people say you can deploy these things in two weeks. You you can deploy them to search with in two weeks. Okay. Okay. But to really get intelligent output in two weeks, um, you know, maybe if you have a team of engineers working 24 hours a day, seven days a week doing custom engineering, it may be possible. Is but that again, what it takes? It, it could. Yes, it okay. absolutely could, depending on, you know, product scope, depending on uh, the complexity of the product processes related to products, process related to the agent world. It's a tremendous effort to engineer these platforms, right? And is it political too? Um, no. Oh, because I asked because... In my career, I worked at some major Fortune 500 brands, Mm -hmm. and getting one group in technology to even meet with the other groups in technology seemed like it took a couple of weeks. It, it, you know, we we've seen small examples of that, but as as a rule, one thing we we found that that makes our kind of program this large population, large data you know, really embracing using speech analytics and artificial intelligence. It's got to be a top-down approach, right? And so if, if from a cultural perspective, if you don't have that top-down approach, it, it's going to be a very difficult program. And companies who do things very, very well, all right, they're they're starting with a culture. This is what we're doing as a culture. This is how it's going to... So it starts, it has to be It has to come down. from the top. It has got to come it. from the top got down. It, got it. You cannot allow those pockets to to open up, so, so to speak. So first, the smart thing you saw someone do is understand it's a process. Understand it's a process. And understand it takes some time. Absolutely. And they embrace it. And they embrace it. What's this, the second smartest, get this picture in your mind, second smartest person you've worked with, what did they do that that really stood out to you? One thing that, that uh, one of my partners did that I thought was just absolutely brilliant, and this is from an adoption standpoint. I might be, I might be bleeding over into to problems a little bit, but um, I, I thought this was just absolutely brilliant. Before they ever took our data and really rolled it out to the masses, they started almost like an advertising campaign. 
Oh, and that they, is real smart. Yeah, and, and they would take actual snippets from our transcripts, okay? Mm-hmm. They would take a piece of our data, one piece of data that showed yeah. a great story, post it in a public area, right? And so people would come by and they would start looking at this and, and, and they would be, hey, look, look at our voice of customer on this particular product. Where did this come from? And so they created all of this analytical curiosity before they ever rolled out the data in its entirety, and people were so hungry for it. That they is were brilliant. so hungry for it. You know it. what? Every executive leader should be running an Seriously. internal ad campaign. Yes. All right, I love that. Third, on that whole success, because I want to illustrate for the audience how to win, um, can you tell me a story of somebody you've worked with and a memorable journey that they had in, in implementing these in success, you know, I think you this that was great. But did you have another story of something that happened? You don't. I'm just putting you on the spot, but people love stories; they're easier to follow. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so this is this is a great a great data story that that actually has a great human aspect. Okay, one one of our clients. Um, again, we're, we're mining data. This is not part of any sort of metadata that we're getting. It's not part of any sort of normal interaction flow. All of a sudden, we started seeing some anomalies in the data associated with a piece of apparel. This is for a retail company, okay? Started seeing this piece of apparel mentioned repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. So my team goes in, we dive in, we start really digging through, tearing the data apart, iterating, iterating, iterating. Like a long story short, we get down to this, uh, for this retail client, we're down to a particular pair of pants that they sell. Take it a little step, lots of, of negative customer voice around this pair of pants. Drill into it a little bit farther, put another few thousand interactions through the machine, start drilling into it farther. It came down to a zipper on a particular pair of pants. Our customer was then able, so they had been getting tons of complaints about the zipper on this pair of pants. Obviously the problem surfaced. Our customer was then able to go in, send out an email to all of their members, who had purchased this pair of pants with their, their wardrobe subscription, let that customer know that unfortunately they had purchased a defective product and we're going to be sending you out a replacement. So proactively, they were able to reach out to their members, to their customers. Before their customers complain. Before their customers complain. Because, this, again, they have excellent CRM, excellent order history on all of their customers. They were able to reach out to all of those members You've purchased a potentially damaged product. We're going to go ahead and replace that for you. That's awesome. All right. I just think you've been, Chandra, an invaluable source of information. Do you have any advice? Okay. Let's pretend I'm a CXO. How much, when I go into the market and let's say my problem is I have an existing uh, system, team, everything, but it is time to, to, to upgrade, how much, how much money do I need to have to get in the game in your estimation? Like what's the ballpark budget that I need to be figuring out here? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to pinpoint, right? That's a tough one to pinpoint because there are so many variabilities um, in, in, the, in the product itself, right? In, in intelligent quality assurance and, and using... Um, like AI-powered speech analytics. Every customer is very specific and very customized, right? So it, it's, it's, it's very hard to put 
a dollar amount on there, but, but I can tell you this, okay? In most cases, in most cases, you are going to save money as an organization by working with a company who fully understands um, every aspect and every facet of what it is to use large volume data for performance management and business insights. And they also have that call center DNA somewhere, right? And that domain expertise and have the ability to tie it all together. Um, as far as a spend level, yeah, you are, you're going to be able to most likely spend less than what it would cost you to put a data scientist and a data engineer on your payroll. Okay, that's for a year. That's a great way to think about it. Thank yeah. you. Tell me this, you're just making me think of all these other questions. In in what do you call these platforms? Like is it a customer experience management platform? What is what is the term I'm I should be Googling? Yeah, so so uh, total quality management. Total quality management. That, that's a good term to use when you're Googling these platforms. Um, you want integrated speech to text or integrated speech analytics, uh, customer experience analytics. Basically, anything you say with customer experience and analytics and it, you're going to get, you know, a couple of pages of Google results of, of great softwares that are out there. But again, I just I encourage everyone, you know, um, and not to step on the tech guy's toes because I'm married to one. My husband's a software engineer. But don't let your tech team purchase your performance management software. Don't let your tech team purchase your performance management software. Sounds like wise words. What are the what are the what are the three five components that I need to get all in one so that I'm not getting bamboozled by five different suppliers. <clears throat> wow. Um, there's so many things just bringing it down to three. Or, I would, yeah. I, I would say number one, there, there, there's really, I think one thing when we go back to talking about actionable output, which we touched on that earlier and really that's the value for the end user is can I take some sort of action with this data? Yeah. Right. And so to me coming from, a very extensive call center leadership background, that's the ticket for me. I want something that is going to give me actionable output because really to that end user who, who's using the data, the in-between doesn't matter. That's right. What are the components I need to have in my platform to get to that actionable data? Um, wow. Because people know, are trying to sell me everything. Yes. You, you obviously open APIs. That's, that's kind of 101, right? Um, you need a component that is dashboard related, very visual, easy to take action, easy to assess uh, what is going on in the population. Um, and then you also want to look for an aspect of integration. How, how is the software integrated with my current call center analytics, my actual performance data, my financial data, my attrition data, right? All of those various aspects, my capacity, all of those aspects can be incorporated into that platform. So you are getting a holistic view of your entire performance versus one pie chart on a dashboard. And, and is it, do I also need, uh, I, I've heard, I just am curious, I think in the industry I've been hearing about in these platforms, you can also introduce a upskilling or a training aspect. Do I need Absolutely. that in my platform? You know, I think you do, uh, especially if you have a lot of remote agents. Oh. 
especially if you have a lot of remote agents, that really ups the value of that particular component. And tell me about those components. What's in those again? So various components that you would get, obviously a learning module like what we were just talking about. Dashboards are generally a component. Integration is generally a component. Not all of these platforms come with the ability to plug into other software. So integration is a huge component of that. Um, And then, you know, really just ease of implementation, ease of stand-up and accessibility. Awesome. Chandra, thank you so much for talking thank to me you. and my audience. This is I I just can't even wait to get this out to the internet. Thank you. To share <laughs> share with people. Thank you so much. Thank you.